And this is not the six o'clock news. I'm doing these so I'm encouraging you to all stay in the higher frequency of light. And we're going to be talking about that today. Today with my guest, Jose Hernandez, we're going to be learning about some messages from heaven, exploring the other side. And when I say the other side, I mean the other side of life. And then how we can heal with Kala. I'm so excited to be doing this interview because it's you're going to be amazed by this. So if you don't know who I am, I am Natasha J. Rosewood. My website is natasharosewood.com. I'm a master intuitive spirit medium who talks to people on the other side quite frequently, a quantum healer and an author. And so I really wanted to address what we're going through right now. In previous live broadcasts, I talked a lot about it's a great opportunity for us to look in the mirror and face our demons. And I'm really noticing, I'm getting all these anecdotes of how people are behaving. And the energy on the planet right now is really being amplified and uh, the, the frequency is increasing. And some of us will be stuck in the lower frequency of fear. And that might look like bad behavior, anxiety, depression, grieving, all those really heavy, dense emotions that we can feel. Or you might be one of those people that's just really enjoying being in the light, is loving this experience, relaxing, really noticing how the birds are singing and the flowers are smelling more beautiful every day. Uh, so whichever frequency you're in, and some of us will flip between the two, no doubt about that. Uh, this show is about teaching you how you can go from that low frequency to a high frequency with color. So like I say, my guest today is Jose Hernandez, and he lives in Summerland, BC, with his beautiful wife, Anastasia, and his daughter, Gabrielle. And Jose is very interesting. Now, normally, I would read a bio to you, but he has created this beautiful story in his own words in a video. So we're going to share that with you so you can hear it from his own lips. I wound up in hospital for three months. My prognosis was you're not going to leave the space alive. So begin to take care of your affairs. Uh, my lungs shut down, my heart stopped. I wound up in a trauma room in a hospital, of course, and they're trying to revive me. And whilst they're trying to revive me, I have what is uh, most people call a near-death experience. I wound up in this realm that was just, I was surrounded by color, but uh, what was significant about the color was that it had the, the same life force that I have. It was creating this incredible sense of love and peace and calm and uh, acceptance. It accepted me. It, it, it got to the point where the color was kind of drawing me towards it or the color was moving towards me. I don't know which, but ultimately I became the color. And uh, I finally came back, and when I came back, I noticed that the CPR people were just struggling to keep me alive. And you start thinking about all your loved ones and things like that uh, uh, whilst in the hospital, because I was in there for three months. Because every time I heard that cold blue, I would escape to that realm where I saw the colors. And uh, that's where I found peace. I found peace and calm and uh, 
the reason I'm here is because those colors, uh, in my opinion, help to heal me. The memory of the colors and what I saw was so intense and it just kept coming up in my thoughts all the time. I couldn't really get away from it. I, I decided that I needed to find a way to bring it to life. If that was what helped me get out, maybe we could create something that could help others. Uh, and not only in the hospital environment, but just to reduce anxiety and stress. I mean, the wonderful moments are great. We don't have to escape from those, but when things get a little tough or things are a little hard and we're just running, 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 we need to take a breath. If I was healed with the memory of color, I'm just wondering if the actual frequency of color has that capability. So thank you so much, uh, Jose, for coming on today and welcome. Thank you it's for great to me. have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Natasha. I appreciate it very much. Oh, it's beautiful. And I'm just going to say this. Uh, I like to tell people that when we had our meeting two months ago, three months ago, and we were all sitting in front of one of your paintings, well, you don't call them paintings, one of your art pieces with all the color I have to say we were there for about two hours and normally I would come home and I was planning on being busy, 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 but I felt so peaceful when I got home. I actually came home and had a nap for two hours. So I know that your, your art vibrates and has an impact, definitely has an impact on me. So let's get right into the questions here. I'm sure people are going to know, what is a near-death experience in your words? Well, uh... Technically, I guess it means that you come to death's door. Uh, I was clinically dead for five minutes. So uh, during that revival process, the experience that you have uh, is what's considered the near-death experience. So while most of us have some kind of experience, there's a, there's a percentage that have no experience. Uh, but uh, my experience was that one where I was introduced to the color. Color had this vibrancy of life. It was speaking to me. Uh, so, of course, it allowed me to kind of look at color and things in a very different vein. So I, I don't see it as a painting on a wall or an image. It's more of something that's has the sense of life the same way I do. I just don't understand it or I don't have the equipment in this physical body to translate that. You know, that's so funny because the one thing I hear, I've been watching a few people that have had near-death experiences and that's the one thing they all always say, I cannot put this experience into words. Um, the other question I have for you, did it feel like longer than five minutes for you? Well, the reality is when I was on the other side, I, my impression was that I was there a day and a half. Wow. Uh, it was a long, long experience. And, and I guess 
the peace and calm and that sense of love and oneness that we feel yes. is, is what really kind of stays with you. Yeah. Uh, there's no translation for that because it's all emotional. It's all spiritual. It's all like just an overwhelming sense. You know, in, in my journey across the other side, I had the ability or the opportunity to understand oneness from a very profound perspective. I, as I approach something, for example, a tree or a bird or even the color, I could feel their life force. You become that. And ultimately, in my experience, I, I met my dad who had died five years earlier. And we had a pretty shaky relationship, he and I. And uh, when he passed, it was a very bitter experience for me. It was a lot of mm -hmm. guilt, a lot of uh, lost opportunity, that sense that I'll never get it back. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the things we should have done that we never did were kind of uh, eating away at me. And yes. what I mean by that is that my dad and I... Uh, he had a sense of what being a man is means that we really don't show how we feel. And, you know, it's not cool to like be emotional or cry or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I kind of, ex my experience with him was. So we would never hug, we would never do these things that right. I find so important now. Understand that before my experience, that's the way I was. Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Okay. It was not what a guy does. Okay. And it, it took this experience to kind of really change the way I think about what okay. being a man is. A man is just as emotional as a woman. So I think that we need to be Absolutely. able to express that. Yes. And it was something that I learned to do through that experience. So I could I well, yeah, yeah but I, I feel no shame to cry. I don't worry about these things That's anymore like I used to. It used to be a big uh, thing. That. Well, that was my leading into my next question because what I noticed from other people, I'm sure everybody is different in their experience, but before this happened, were you feeling like uh, you didn't want to be here or you felt you weren't happy with your life the way it was going? Did you feel a need for a change before that happened? Uh, yeah, if I think back, uh, I I was living a good life. Yes. Uh, but a good life in 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 the sense that I was able to acquire things and buy things and stuff like that. And I had people around me that that cared about me and loved me. I had my children, and uh, but there was a sense of something lacking. I had no real faith. I didn't believe in God. I considered myself an atheist before my experience. So okay. it made my experience even that more difficult because uh, as I was dying in that bed. Yes. And so people understand what happened. I uh, had an allergic reaction to a medication and okay. my lungs shut down and then it stopped my heart. Oh my gosh. But, uh, you're conscious during a, a, a large part of that or a long part of that. You're able to 
see what's going on. So I, I went through a lot of physical experiences and emotions before I actually died. Wow. And, were, you uh, afraid of, were you afraid of death before then? Well, I Being was afraid naked. of death. I was terrified yeah. of death. Yeah. My concept of death was that I would be shut off like a light bulb. In fact, I even had that thought as I was getting close to that threshold. I'm just going to disappear. I'm going to be turned out like a light and turn into mm. blackness or nothing. Mm. Mm. And then uh, during the course of that experience, of course, you have that moment where you say, well, God, if you're real, maybe this is a, a good time to kind of let me know you're there and, uh, you know. <laughs> Give so, me some time. <laughs> yeah, come yeah. in and help me. Uh, yeah. With the mindset being, you know, I will change if you intervene. I will kind of live a better life. I would be more, I would be a better person. Yes. And and literally what happened at that moment was that uh, my heart became very regular. And, uh, you know, I stiffened. And I so badly wanted to hold somebody's hand. Yeah. And I, I, if you can imagine, you can't breathe, so you can't speak. Mm -hmm. But I could have held one of the nurse's hands or somebody there. Yeah. It happened in the middle of the night, so no, no one from my family was there. Right. And uh, I thought, and I said, if, if I show this weakness, my, my dad would turn in his grave. He'll be like, oh, my gosh. So I actually stiffened. Yeah. And I did not allow myself to express this fear. Right. And uh, at that point, uh, when my heart became very irregular, I realized that there was nothing that I could do to hang on to this life. Right. And so I said to myself, you know, I'm not quitting. And I'm not giving up. But I understand that there's nothing that I could do to, right. to, to, to stop this chain of events. I can't stop this. Yeah. So I embraced it. And I told myself it was okay to die. Okay, good. And when, when you tell yourself that, it's yeah. just such a dramatic change because it was instant, the sense of peace and calm that overcame me. Beautiful. And I got this crazy long hair. So there was this breeze that I was suddenly kind of like feeling. Yeah. As I felt this warmth and this calm and this great sense of love, and I no longer felt sick. Oh, I was interesting. Okay. And I felt myself being lifted, lifted. And the next thing I know, I was in the corner of the room observing. Yeah. And I saw myself, uh, the CPR team working on me, trying to get me going. And I, I watched it for a second. And I heard a voice next to me. Uh, because I, I'm looking at myself and I said, that's me and I'm dead. But if that's me, then who am I? I'm like. How could I be doing this? Everything that I need to see, to think, is dead in my right. body. Right. And I heard that voice say, you know, uh, just think of your body as a car. Yeah. And you've got five million miles on that car, so now you got to let <laughs> okay. it go. So got to say goodbye. Yeah. 
And I'll never forget that was the first time that I ever reserved myself with a great sense of love and gratitude mm. for the opportunity that I had to live the life that I had lived in this body. Because we're never happy. We're always, there's always something wrong with us. We're always like, I know, you know. Not happy about something. <laughs> exactly. And I realized that, you know, how not relevant that was, how not important that was. And as I began to say goodbye to my body and appreciate it so much and feel so much gratitude and love for myself, mm -hmm. uh, I started to get these images like of me holding my little brother's hands, these little benign things. Yeah. And it allowed me to say goodbye. All mm -hmm. these beautiful little memories, like a smile, a hug. Beautiful. You know, nothing dramatic. Just all yeah. these beautiful little things this that happen every moment of every day that mm -hmm. we never think about, that we never really even appreciate. We're just so busy with life yeah. that we miss life. Yeah. We're getting a and, dose of that now, though, aren't we, Jose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to... Yeah delve into yourself yes. And instead of trying to numb yourself so would by you call experiencing that, outside world. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but would you call that what you did there, just surrendering? That's when surrendering. you kind of let go. Yeah, yeah, that's surrendering to me. Yes. Uh, but surrendering without a mindset of giving up or quitting. Right. Embracing the inevitable. Yes. And, and and having gratitude for what you had. Yes. Yes. And understanding that now something's going to change. Yes. I got a question from Gary, and um, this might be apropos later. Uh, did Jose think or ever use the term rainbow when he experienced the colors or in describing now what he saw? Well, that's a good question. Uh, my experience was very simple. When I said goodbye to my body, I was led somewhere. So my belief is that when we transition, we never transition alone, even though we may physically die alone. But I went through what in my mind was a black hole and I landed somewhere and then I went through again what was another black hole. And then I find myself, if you could visualize a ball Visual, visualize yourself right in the middle of it, inside of it. That's the way the color was all around me. I was completely mm. surrounded by color up, mm. down, everywhere. So it was like floating in that space. And there was a tremendous attraction. I could hear all these voices. Mm. And to me, that was the color speaking to me. And I couldn't really understand it. But there were millions. And then I was drawn to it. And ultimately, it integrated me into it, and I became the color. Wow. And I experienced so much joy and, and, and grace and profound peace and love. When I emerged on the other side, what I saw there was an amazing landscape, very much like here we have in, in, in the Okanagan. Mountains, wow. foothills and stuff, and 
the most beautiful, amazing sight to me, considering I'm, I'm from New York City, where what I know is just a bunch of buildings and a concrete jungle. So exactly. it was an interesting like, image to have in there. Yeah. But ultimately, I became the trees, I became the air, I became everything. Right. And so I came across the mountaintops and I met my dad. But my experience of color was I was immersed in the middle of it, in a 360 ball of color. Mm, beautiful. So not an exact rainbow, but just colors. Just not in any form. Just well, the swirling. color was what I try to draw. So the color was moving. It was never yeah. static. It had life. Okay. It okay. it moved. It, it was happy. It was joyful. It was beautiful. Hard to describe. I know a lot of people say after they when they have these NDEs that they don't want to come back because they're feeling so beautiful. Did you? Were you okay with coming back? No. I, I did not want to come back. No. And has, is that hard for you now? Well, it, it's interesting because when I was dying, I was trying to keep myself alive. I would do yes. anything to stay alive. Right. Then when I was dead, I, I didn't want to come back. My father sent me back. And right. uh, I came back because we made an odd pact. He and I. Yeah. Yeah. The pact was that he said when my time would come, he would come to get me. Okay. And I felt it, it's still a little emotional for me now, 20 years ago. Yes, yeah. And that was and like such a, an amazing deal to me at that time. I said, yes. wow, okay. And then I came back. And then when I find myself physically in my body yeah. and struggling to breathe and, and going through all that pain and, and suffering, I, I almost felt like being on the other side and having that glimpse, then being like almost kicked out. I, I felt, wow, I thought, well, how, what kind of a person was I in life that even heaven kind of rejected me? Oh. And it was yeah. a very emotional, deep feeling. Yes. And then, of course, I started thinking that, well, maybe none of that happened. Maybe I was a little... Right, you know, <laughs> the drugs, yeah. the drugs. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, because um, it's funny, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, I have a girlfriend right now who's very, very ill. and uh, She's been close to the brink many times. And she said, well, I don't feel like I'm ready, but I could go because she has to go for heart surgery. And she's got a really great sense of humor. And I said, you know what? If they're not ready for you, they'll spit you out. <laughs> You, they won't take you until it's your time. Exactly. And and I can tell by her voice that she's very strong. And I always say it's the will, not the biology, that keeps us here. And I do believe that we have uh, there's a time frame, and we have maybe exit points that we could take. But um, when you came back, were you aware that you would have this mission of painting these colors and helping others heal? When I came back, the first thing I had after I felt rejected yes. was, well, maybe none of this happened and maybe my mind snapped. And I thought that something was wrong with me. And I went to see a psychiatrist for multiple years, right. thinking that my brain was broken. My mind was broken. Wow. And I wasn't stable. 
and then there was a long took me a long time to even get my feet under me so when i got home it took many months before i could even walk and get around and stuff uh, so it was a, a difficult time yes you know but yeah you know i i don't know if i had made the choice to stay right if i could have stayed right my dad was kind of like really gotta go back you know wow. and, and and then when i came back and then you listen to your cardiologist at one point when i was beginning just to speak a little bit and i said to him one day you know, i think i went somewhere yeah and he said no 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 <laughs> reaction in your brain your, your your brain is still alive for two minutes after your heart stops. I mean, this is a right. that I'm like, right. Yeah. It made me feel like, wow, there's definitely something wrong with me now. <laughs> uh, but uh, it took a while to embrace the event. The, the event is very, very profound and very good. Yes. And yes. even as I speak to you, it's not a memory. It's almost a reliving. Okay. Because and, that, yeah. And and that, many, many Andy ears will, 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 will explain that. It's almost like something burns us uh, in your head. Wow. In super high death, this memory, and it's never erased. And the reality well, I is, like, I think about it every day, 10, yeah. 10 times, wow. 20 times. Because I thought it was so interesting in the video when you said every when you were still in the hospital and you had the code blue um, and you gone through, already gone through that experience, it took that took you back into the color and I and I thought wow normally people would be go back to the trauma of that but you went back into the color you said right it it was my escape wow it's it's hard to describe to people yes how intense it is to be in a ICU. Yeah. And often we're half out of it. And people think that you're out of it. Yes. We're still hearing, we're we're sensing and we're still a lot more aware than most people believe we are. Absolutely. And every time that, that cold blew went off, it was like a, a trigger of fear for me. Because I'm yeah. thinking that's going to be me soon. My prognosis was you're not going to leave this hospital alive. So you need to take care of your affairs. And yeah. so every time I heard a cold blue, I, I know it's somebody else. Yes. The thought would be, well, that's going to be me soon. And okay. so where I would go to kind of alleviate that despair, because it's really a sense of hopelessness that kind of takes you. Okay. And it, it, to get away from that, I went to that bubble, that ball, and yes. I was back inside of it. And okay. I could hear these colors, and there was like this incredible sense of life and energy and, and good and calm. And, yes. and that's where I went. In my opinion, I believe that helped me with my recovery tremendously. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me because I've been using color as a healing technique. Um, which I learned through neuro-linguistic programming, the effect of language on the brain. And I'm going to do a little meditation at the end of this interview 
where people go to their happy place, they give it a color and they inhale that color and they just absorb it into their being because colors are frequencies and colors affect us all differently. So that to me made a lot of sense. Um, what do you think the message is from, I know everybody's different, Jose. Uh, what was your biggest message that you brought back from this near-death experience? Well, to me, it's quite simple. I think it's to value every moment. The way I look at, at, at my life now is that this is magical. Yeah. This is an incredible gift. I had that profound experience and I, 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 I was on the other side. And my, my view of it is when I transition, I'll be back there and I may be there forever in eternity. But this is finite here. And it made this so relevant and so important because we take memory with us. Yes. Don't go like a blank slate. No. I, I call that the uh, preservation of the self. I remember who I was. I remember who I interacted with. I remember who I loved. Yes. I remember who loved me. I remember all these amazing, simple moments. Yes. And those became the treasure that goes with you. That's uh, very interesting. Very interesting because when I do past life regressions with people, um, I create an environment where they can go back into their subconscious and their soul. And I call it the DNA of the soul. Like everything is there that we've ever experienced, anybody we've ever known, any talent we've ever had. Uh, can And we can reignite that if we want. And sometimes in relationship do. So um, some people call that cellular memory. Um, I like to call it the DNA of the soul. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I mean, it, the fabric of our spirit goes back to the beginning. Yes. And, and the beginning is, in my mind, that empty space where all creation took place. Right. And, 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 and that's how I paint. I paint on a black canvas. Yeah, you told me that. That's crazy. And, and, and the philosophy is that in that blackness, in what we perceive to be empty space, right. is all the raw materials, the ingredients to create everything that we know, everything that we understand to be of this life or that we believe. You know, so solar system, the earth, the trees, us, everything right. that we that we, we see. It starts in this cradle yeah. of life. And then it, it, it happens to be in this empty, dark space to me. And uh, kind of reminds me of a womb. Yeah. Where life okay. starts. And, and it, it really takes me there. So if you were to do a sweat. Yes. And you go in the sweat. Sweat's Lodge is really a womb. And when you're in there, you can't see anybody. You know there are 15 or 20 people in there. Yeah. You can't see your hand in front of your face. So it speaks to me about what that blackness is. In that blackness, in that sweat, we're all in there. Yes. But 
it appears like there's nothing there for black. And well, yet, there we are. All there that life is teeming in there. Yeah. Well, what I loved about that, and my brother was an artist actually, and I never saw him start off with a black canvas. And I always think of black as being uh, depression, you know, the void. And, and of course, we're very sensitive to young people, so many young people committing suicide. And I, I went through that when I was younger and I just felt there was nothing but black. And I love that you said then you take the black canvas and you put color on it. And I thought, wow. So black is the starting point. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Exactly. So take a and seed. Gonna... Take a seed. We plant it in the ground. Yes. And yet it has an awareness of when it needs to sprout. Yes. When spring comes because it, it, it can sense more light. Yes. But it doesn't actually physically receive the light until it actually breaks the ground. Yes, it's uh, true. So, so I, I look at it from that perspective. You know, life to me is is one the world that we know that's light filled. We're filled with the frequency of light here. Mm -hmm. So, the other is the world without light. But it doesn't mean that that world is any different than this world. So, I could be in that world of blackness if there is no light there. And I could be with a hundred people and we could be communicating, but we won't see each other's. It also speaks to me of oneness. It also yeah. speaks to me about how we're all the same. Yeah. You know, how when I'm with light, what you see is the light reflected from me. Yes. That's what makes me. But when I don't have this light reflected and I am in my pure state. Yes. You know, I am still just as vibrant and, and, and alive as I am without the light. So I, I look at both with great respect. So do you feel that you're in different frequencies at that point then? When you say yeah. you're emanating the light, you're not. Because yeah. I, I would say to people, like attracts like. And as we go through these interesting times, uh, people having different experiences, although we're all this in this together, so we right. are all one. But some people are into the conspiracy theories and some people are just relaxing, like I said at the beginning of the show. And I feel like if you can't uh, surrender, shall we say, to the light, you won't be. First, you have to be in it to be able to perceive it. Oh, of course. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, life yeah. is fundamental. Yes. It's, it's core of life as we know it. Yeah, uh, and I I love the sunrise. I love the sunset. Uh, it's it's integral to our lives here. Right. But I I have a profound love for the dark, for the night. I relish mm. the evening, the night. You know, I I love to look in the sky and see the stars. So each to me is as profound as the other, and there's yeah. great beauty in both. You know, it's just perception. Exactly. Just perception. perception. That's it. You know, That's and, it. And yeah. the light energy, to me, our light is in and outside of us. You know, we say, yes. oh, you have an inner light. We have an outer light. Yes. And we emanate. Exactly. And I think right. that's what people yeah. feel. That's what we project. You know, That's so. the truth of who we are. Exactly. Right? 
Yeah. And, and that's the undeniable me. Yes, your authentic self. Yeah, exactly. So speaking about perception, how do you feel about this incredible ability you have to um, produce this, these fantastic pieces of art? Is well, there a responsibility that goes with that? It's a great honor. Yes. It's a great honor. I've been working with this for 17 years. I've seen these images change lives. Wow. You know, and, and, and so you get a better understanding of the art. When I paint the art and I integrate it, because I, I, I create it on canvas, photographically or whatever, then I import everything into a computer. Mm -hmm. And I create the soup. And, and in that soup is what we call the four elements. So I always have something that's fire-based or something that's water-based, air-based, Mother okay. Earth. Uh, all those ingredients go into the soup. Yeah, because I'm looking at that piece behind you and I feel like drawn right into it. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's three-dimensional even though it's flat. Yes. Well, and it, it's made to kind of pull you in. So you can see a lot of black in that image. That's the original black wow. that I start with that kind of seeps through and then I just keep adding to it. Yes. And, and it, you kind of layer it together is the best way I could explain it. Well, it feels and, like it's vibrating as I'm looking at it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's living. It's living, it's alive. To it's me, alive. it's living. Yeah. It, it, everything is living. It, it, no. So, yeah, what are the greatest responses, like what have the, been the most unusual responses from people to your art, whether it's uh, healing or just having a general response? Well, I, like I said, I've been working with this for a long time, so I, I've seen a tremendous amount of responses. I'll have people tell me that they re-experience a loved one. They reconnect wow. with a loved one. They would understand now where someone that they've lost is. I've had people use it to heal, to manage pain. Uh, I just had a, a good friend in South Florida that uh, had knee surgery that uh, opted to use the art to help her mitigate the pain. Right. And she was prescribed a 30-day uh, supply of uh, Oxy. And she said, I take one I sit there with your art and I meditate now the art is engineered to have a light attached to it so that you could see the colors move okay and when it has that movement it 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 has a tendency to slow your heart rate down to reduce your blood pressure to slow even your your breathing rate Mm -hmm. And you're allowed, it allows you to take a deeper breath every once in a while. And that's something that we don't do often unless we think about it. So we are kind of, because of the rush, the high living standards that we have, having to do everything so quickly and instant gratification and running, running, running. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to lose, uh, from my perspective, a lot of the basic simplicity of life, which is just mm -hmm. enjoy it. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. 
just enjoy that moment. And, you know, it's, it's very profound because when I was dying, I could not take it. No, no. Worse, you think about taking a deep breath, but imagine you take a deep breath and then you can't let it out. Yeah. So there's no no space for anything to go in, and right. it it really changes the that sense of let's take a deep breath, and it really amplifies it. So it becomes so profoundly unique to life. Yeah, and so it many people life. going. Yeah, and so many people going through exactly that right now, all exactly. around the world, and we don't breathe. So what, yeah, what's your take then? Because your experience on the other side and what you learned about being grateful in every moment, and I feel that Mother Earth has sent us to our rooms for an attitude adjustment and really learning to be grateful for things that we've forgotten to be grateful for. What's your take on it? Well, I think that uh, we need to look at life as an opportunity and a tremendous gift. Mm -hmm. And because it is that, we need to appreciate what it has to offer. Yeah. And we can't look at that through the lens of material, what I have, what I don't have. We have a tendency to look at what we lack. Yes. That becomes really relevant and important. So we push ourselves. And I got to work harder. I got to do this. Or I got to... I got to have this. And at yeah. the end of the moment, it made me begin to understand that when I have it, it could be a blessing. Yes. But nothing is mine. No. We say my wife, my house, my car. Yes. Nothing is mine. I look right. at everything as a gift that we're allowed to share. I totally agree with you because when I give, you know, when I do my work as a psychic or a medium, it's absolutely coming through me, not from me. Right. And it's it's not about me, Natasha Rosewood. It's about um, thanking the higher power, whoever comes through. So yeah, we're channel. We're all channels, really, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, look, I think we're always connected. Yes. I didn't believe before that I was connected to anything or that anything could love me. Right. You know, why would anybody want me? Mm. And it's just because we think we're so imperfect. Yes. And we're so flawed. Yeah. What I learned was how special we are. Yeah. And that regardless of how other people see me, what is really important is how I see myself. Exactly. About loving the self, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, just enjoying every moment. Every moment is so special. Because we don't know when that moment when we're going to move on comes. The day that I passed, when I woke up that morning, I'll never forget it. It was just a regular overcast days in Florida in the, in the winter and it was yeah. a little chilly for Florida yeah. and 
I wasn't thinking that I was going to die. It wasn't a thought. And then you find yourself fighting for your life in a hospital 12 hours later. Your family's at home because they're thinking, well, he's going to be okay. He's got an reaction. They dropped me off at the ER and I told them, go home. I'm going to be fine. Right. It's, It's kind of that to me is what makes life so magical. Yeah. That unknown factor is when when am I gonna move on? So what does that mean? That means that I have to live every moment. Mm-hmm. I have to live it because that's why I'm here. We 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 have to live our lives, we have to love our lives, we have to make what, the best what, exactly. So Getting back to your art, what is your most uh, dramatic or favorite healing story of somebody having um, a moment and well, recognizing? Uh, I've had a lot, many. And uh, I'll never forget, I was working with a, a young man who was uh, addicted to multiple drugs. And he was really struggling with value, if he had any value. Yeah. And uh, we sat down and we did a session with a piece of art. And uh, he looked at me a little while later and he said that he wanted to check out. Mm. But that now he had a better understanding of the importance of his life. Oh, wonderful. And I'll never forget it because he was so wanting to overdose. Yes. uh, Even I was like, we need to talk with a psychologist or psychiatrist. We need to get you somewhere. And he looked at me and I told him, is it okay if I call for help? And I'll never forget it, he wept. Yeah. And he said yes. Yeah. And yeah. they came, they took him. And even from the hospital, he got back to me and thanked me so many times. Oh. But how beautiful is that? Yeah, and there's so many stories. I don't know, the art touches you in a way that you need to be touched. Yes. I don't speak to it. I don't say this art is going to do this, it's going to do that. I don't say a word. Right. Right. The art, to me, because it's alive, yeah, is going to integrate with you, communicate with you yeah. somehow. Yeah. And that's how it'll work. And so, you could just so have it you- hanging on a wall and not even <laughs> think about it, but it's doing its thing. Yeah, it's doing its thing. I love that. So. I, I know that you've got, you're thinking about getting your art into some hospitals, some hospices, uh, prison centers. Um, what, where are you at with that right now? And, and um, yeah, where are you at right, right, right now with that part yeah. of the business? So uh, I'm working at multiple fronts. Yeah. The idea is to get the, the, the art into some facilities where we could create an, uh, incubators. For research so that okay. we could quantify oh. 
the impact that the art has on people. So right now I'm working incredibly enough with Penticton Hospital. I'm hoping to get in there. The committee has already approved it uh, to get a piece, a pretty substantial piece in there. But also the idea is to get them into every room. Also working with Johns Hopkins in the United States. Uh, the pandemic kind of slowed it down a bit because the hospitals yeah. are in lockdown now. Of course. But uh, we're still working those those things. And uh, the idea is to get the art in there. You kind of self-curate. You pick the piece that you prefer while you're there. And we could actually study, does it help with the pain? Does it help with this? Does it, you know, does mm. it help someone that's going to transition, transition more smoothly? Does yes. it bring peace and calm and, and, and things like that? So, yeah, we're really excited about that. That's... You know, I'm excited about it too, Jose. And what about if somebody wants to get, um, I mean, I, I would definitely like to get a piece of your art and have it plastered all over my wall so I'm always calm and tranquil. But uh, if an individual wants to purchase a piece, how would they find you and your art? Well, they could go to my website, josehernandezfineart.com, yeah. or they could come through you. And, yes. Uh, Access me. There's, there's, there are some pieces of art there. Uh, my art has been in quite a few galleries across the U.S. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be doing a project here at the Penticton Art Gallery in the end of November. Uh, okay. Installation, which is going to be quite substantial. But you can find okay. my art there, and I can sell the ten, the seven by tens without having to worry about the galleries and stuff like that. It's the only one that they kind of let me work with on my own. So if anybody's interested in a piece, okay. uh, they typically sell for $125. We're selling them for 97. We're doing this wow. program with Natasha here. So, uh, And the idea is to create a little sanctuary space, a sacred space, somewhere at home where you could put it on. I will tell you where you could get a bowl, light it, and you could experience the moving art and, and feel it. Talking about it, Seeing it on video are two different things. Exactly. Seeing it in life is very different. Yeah. And, uh, that would be on a watercolor paper. I also work on metallic paper, and those would be more commissioned works. I work on glass, and I work on metal. So Beautiful. It, it, it turns out to be quite, quite a lot. So the frequency of the colors can lift people up and just just put them physiologically and emotionally and psychically in a whole different frequency of vibration where they feel, ah. Right, and, and the idea is to be bathed by the entire spectrum. Is to be what, sorry? The entire spectrum of color frequency. Okay. Because, because I don't know if it's blue that I need today. Maybe it's right. red, maybe it's more right. yellow, maybe it's, you know, it. it green it, it could be that way but the philosophy behind the art is that it exposes you beautiful a vast majority yeah. of the color so that whatever you're needing it feeds it it's like water in that time it's like yeah you know, us taking a breath of air it's beautiful well i want to thank you so much jose i could talk to you for hours <laughs> uh so if anybody would like to find jose his uh, website is right there, josehernandezfineart.com. And um, I know Hernandez and I are going to be working with uh, teens and young adults because we're very both very concerned about 
uh, the levels of depression, anxiety, and suicide out there. And Jose has his artwork, and I'm going to bring in my energy dynamics. So maybe down the road, Jose, we might be working together in a workshop. We'll see. Um, so this part of the program, I always like to do a shout out to all the people that are on the front lines. They're my heroes. Uh, but today I want to thank the people that are respecting the rules, that are staying home, that are being considerate of um, lots of people that are vulnerable out there, mm. as well as the nurses, doctors. And I want to say thank you actually to some politicians, whether we agree with their politics or not. Uh, they've done, I think, around the world, with the exception of a few who shall remain nameless, uh, have done an amazing job. So to give them support. And um, I'm going to just re-mention, thank you, Michael, for reminding me, on my website, natasharosewood.com, if you are having a tough day and you don't have any of Jose's art available, you can go to my laugh therapy page. And I've been collecting jokes and uplifting videos, no conspiracy theories, it's all good news, uh, on that laugh therapy page. So you can go there and just go through them and have a quick laugh. Uh, so the other thing I want to mention is uh, we're going to do a quick prayer using color. But before we do, I want to talk about next week. I'm going to have on this theme of death, life and death. Uh, we're going to be talking to somebody called Stephen Garrett, who is calls himself an irreverent reverend. And he's a death doula. So he helps people prepare for the death process. But we were talking and saying how we think we have it all backwards. And I think Jose has just affirmed that, that the other side is where the bigger life is happening. And here is just a smaller version. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. And now I'm going to suggest that if you're still with us and you would like to do a calming uh, guided meditation, is just find yourself a comfortable place to sit or lie down and close your eyes. And as Jose says, take a nice deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth if you so choose. And as you inhale, just think of a time in your life where you were happy. Maybe you were with family or friends and you felt free and full of joy. Maybe you were a child and just playing or you just felt loved. And as you inhale that feeling of great joy, give that joy a color or colors. Maybe it's a rainbow or maybe it's a beam of two or three colors or maybe it's just one radiant beam of one color. Inhale that color now and feel that color going into your body, spreading throughout every cell in your being, spilling out into your aura and emanating out into the world, this feeling and color of joy. And just feel as you breathe in and release and surrender to that color and that joy, how radiant you are, how your frequency is actually increasing and moving up into the light. And knowing that when you're in the frequency of light, everything flows smoothly, you are safe, and all is well in your world. Amen, so be it, and so it is. So thank you again, Jose. I hope you went to your blue place. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me, and that was a beautiful, beautiful ending. Thank you.
and uh, let's have your art everywhere so we can all be peaceful and calm. Yeah, Amen. It, it's all become. It's become. Yes. Become. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jose. We'll talk again. Talk okay. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.